0: Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and you know who's here? That's right. Joel. It's different.
1: Joel. Joel. Same as always. Same but different. Same but different.
0: How are you? Good. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm swell. Are you swell? We had, a, we had a busy week, you know? We do. Busy week.
1: Big, busy week. Yeah.
0: Lots to do. Lots of discipling uh, to do. Always, yeah. Bryce and I had to pick up a little more work on top of our normal load. Yeah. So it's been good. Uh, New puppy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Katie got the surprise.
1: Katie got the surprise puppy. How did it go? It went great. Yeah. She loves him. What kind of puppy? He's a yellow lab. Oh, English lab. Awesome. Yeah, he's we got him he's 7 weeks old. Got him Friday.
0: Oh, he's a young one.
1: And so part of the gift was that I would do the night shift. Yeah. Basically it means taking him out. Yeah. Twice a night.
0: You're you're pretty good at that yeah. kind of stuff, right?
1: Yeah. It's just like definitely like a gift. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you know, the first 2 days I could really just pick him up with one hand kind of hold him like a football and yeah but he in I mean it hasn't even been a week. It's been five days and he's already so big big. bigger that I have to use two hands to pick him up. So it's just it's bizarre how fast he's growing. Yeah. He can he couldn't go up steps on Friday and on Saturday. And now he can run up the steps. Oh my God. And they just learn they develop so fast. Oh yeah he's uh he's quite a little character, a little Ricky. It's and, been
0: a good transition. Yeah, it's good. Kids love them. Kids I'm love sure. them.
1: Katie loves them.
0: And so now you have two dogs.
1: Now we have two dogs. Man, black what, Lab. Do they,
0: do they play together? Are they, they good? They play,
1: yeah. Uh, Ricky, the puppy, uh, has the classic little puppy um, teeth. Yeah. Super and sharp. Sharp. And he truly was, you know, truly like really submissive. To even little dogs, she'll lay down like like to dogs that are like you know an eighth of her size and just wants to play. And so she was kind of happy and interested in investigating Ricky. And then you know Ricky bit her tail
0: Uh, pretty hard
1: and didn't let go. So since then she's a little bit irritated and (laughs) doesn't like it if he kind of comes up to play. She's a little like, but her tail is still wagging but she's a little bit suspicious so yeah she's still, she's you know, still trying she, to feel it out and she's adjusting you know so
0: yeah it's kind of like when you have a single child Yeah, and you, and bring, then in the you new... bring in the other one yeah they they notice the attention mm-hmm. shifts a little bit but i'm sure you guys are still good with making sure you know she
1: feels loved oh, yeah. and... she's got to feel the love every yeah. day yeah she's still the, she's still the lead lady of of the dogs in the house
0: yeah, uh, now that it's colder, are you still pickleballing? Not as much. I know it kind of tampered the. Uh, <sighs> Honestly, go out there and get get
1: the it. The temperature's been okay. It's been the rain.
0: Oh uh, yeah, the rain been will rainy. stop.
1: You know, once it gets in the forties, it's like no. Yeah. But I would play in the temperature now, but the last four days there's been rain. Are there any indoor courts around here? Not a, not as close as you we want need to them to do be. that. Oh man, I have I have a contact. Yeah. We're setting something up for a weekly indoor court thing for. That'd be cool. We got to do it.
0: Anyone out there that's an entrepreneur? It's a business model for you.
1: Yeah, I, if I had two acres in my backyard, I would build a barn. Yeah, and Have with, indoor pickleball. Oh yeah, and put pickleball courts. That'd All be right. sweet. You know.
0: Well, we need to get to this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Brussels sprouts. Mm. You ever heard of
1: them? Heard of them and smelled them. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, they get they get a, a bad rap, you know, because they're, they're not prepared right.
1: Is that why? Yeah. So I've heard. They're like it's not me, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it's all in the preparer, not the, the prepared. In the okay, all right. So Brussels sprouts. Okay. You you cook them the right way, season them, a little bit of oil, olive oil, put them in a pan, crisp them up. They're delicious.
1: I don't, I'm I'm not a fan. Not a fan? No, even if like, you know, I've had the fancy kind at uh, whatever.
0: Oh, they The so restaurants,
1: good. And they get all cooked or charred or seasoned or... I just, I don't know. Well, I think we, I think
0: we need to revisit it. That's oh, fine. Let's all give them a second chance. Fine. They didn't do anything wrong. Just because
1: they're sponsoring us today, I'll tell everyone. Go ahead. If you Brussels. If you've turned a, uh, your head, your blind eye to Brussels sprouts... They need another look. They need another glance. Yeah. Give them a chance.
0: So this week, uh, we're doing the recap of part three of Known For It. Uh, You talked about that without a heart change, all of our good works aren't good. And that in order for good works to be godly works, our heart has to be changed. And the heart change is the root that leads to the fruit of good works. Uh, You also talked about that when... We have a heart change, we will say it. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. Mm-hmm. And we will also know it, mm-hmm. that we were given the spirit of God to dwell inside of us mm-hmm. and that we will know him and feel his presence. Mm-hmm. He also talked about that when Jesus was hanging on the cross and said, I thirst, referencing Psalm 22, that until we know deep inside how much Jesus thirsts for us, we can't begin to know who he wants to be
1: for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else you want to add to that?
1: No, I, I think that, um, you know, I've had a couple conversations about this message and this series um, uh, the past two weeks. And one of the things I think is important for anybody that's listening, you, you know this, if you go to church every week or even regularly, twice a month, maybe more, Imagine that three times a month. That would be amazing. Imagine. Then what ends up happening is you have, I have less questions from people because usually a question about, especially from a Christian who has a background in teaching, learning, whatever. Yeah. They're hearing me talk about something. And every time I talk about something, the amount of things I'm not talking about is so exponentially crazy and wild. The amount is, you can only talk about so many things. You know, part of the art of crafting a sermon is cutting out what yeah. are you not going to say? Yeah. So that you frame what you are going to say better. Cause the more you say, it's almost like the less you say. Yeah. But you can cover a lot of ground. But the point is never just to cover a lot of ground. Oh, yeah, with sure. It's not just to cover the material. It's not just an exercise. So, anyway, so people hear this series and you're, you know, when you're looking at the life of Christ and you're looking at what he says, the embodiment of the truth is the person of Christ. And so his life, his death, his resurrection is all the theology that any person could ever need or want. But when we look at the writings of Paul or the New Testament theological, you know, things, the things that Paul writes, the church in Rome, the things that Paul writes, the things that Peter writes, the things that John writes, you know, to the churches, uh, sometimes those are, the way those are articulated, somehow we don't see them in the life of Christ. And when we talk about some of the things that Christ said, we're going, Yeah, but what about what Paul said? And so, uh, essentially, people struggle when you're a Christian to hear Jesus say, okay, you love me, you know, or, um, you know, I talked about the washing of the feet and kind of did a little moment describing he washes their feet. they, They, he's like, you don't know what I'm doing right now but soon you'll understand and then as soon as he's done he's like do you understand what I did and he's like let me tell you what I did i'm your master and i'm your lord okay so i'm you you call me that you call me master and that's true so now that i have washed your feet i've given you an example if i'm your master and you you chose to follow me now you go and wash people's feet yeah so that's the living water it's like i washed your feet and there's an interaction with peter he's like oh, you need to wash my head and wash. He's like, no, no, no. You, you know, I, you only need your feet washed. Well, you're not going to wash my feet. And he's like, if, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. So there is a part. And so this that that whole narrative of Jesus washing their feet and doing the thing that he's like, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Yeah. That's a picture of the gift of God. the The grace of God that comes to us as total recipients of the servant Jesus who washes our feet, which is both a symbol of the theological realities of being declared righteous and justified and cleaned from our sin, and the model of this is what you do for people. I didn't just I'm not just symbolically. A lot of people in evangelical Christianity, they look at the story and it's the symbolism only of the spiritual realities, the things that are happening in the places we can't see. To be justified spiritually, to have your sins wiped away, to have your heart made new, that's only something God can do and only something that God can see in terms of the the, the immaterial. Yeah, It's a spiritual reality it's it's declared righteous it's about your name it's about your place it's about who you've become in Christ well Jesus isn't just washing their feet to say like i'm going to do you know spiritually for you what you don't understand he is washing their feet because what he's doing for them spiritually is supposed to matter materially yeah. like it is it, it is connected So I wash your feet, only I can wash your feet. Because if I don't wash your feet, you're in trouble because I have to do the thing that only I can do, which is clean you spiritually. But also as a servant leader, I'm washing your feet. So you need to go wash people's feet because no servant is greater than the master. Yeah. If I wash people's feet, why would you ever think that you wouldn't wash people's feet? You know, like- Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, and you think about like we we all get in our own whatever hierarchies, you know, in, in in the world that we live in, whether it be in our families or in our jobs, and and in in society, in in the community. You know, we we kind of figure out where we fit, right? You know, if you're just a, if you're just like at a community meeting and you're just like a a citizen, and then there's the board, and then there's like the police officers, and you're kind of like I'm I'm just a voice here yeah. in the crowd. But then at your job here, you're a department head, okay? So there's more going on, yeah, right. But then at your home, you know, it's like you're the leader, but also you and your wife, and like you're on the same kind of working together, you know. So so you you figure out where you are. Well, imagine how easy it is to think that when you're a leader, that you're not a servant,
0: yeah. Yeah, that you're above.
1: Yeah, it's like, and I think Jesus is getting at that, right? You know, because I, I can understand that, you know? When you become the leader, oftentimes you think, you don't say this, you don't articulate this, but it's, I'm the leader, they should do that for me. Yeah. And not, I'm the leader, I should do that for them. And so, Jesus is getting at this, look, I'm, I'm your Lord and master. You're not greater than me. If I washed people's feet, you better be washing people's feet because I'm the one, if there's anybody in the room that shouldn't be washing people's feet, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and I did it. So now you go do it. I made an example for you of what a good Christian does. So my point is, is that this idea of, then Jesus goes on and says, and, and that's what I'm, I'm talking about this weekend, commanding them, To do this, people struggle. Wait a minute, do I have to? Do I have to do what Jesus tells me to do? Well, you don't have to be a Christian. Yeah, right. It's like, that's what I talked about. You're choosing. Yeah, you're choosing to follow him. And then people think choosing him is just receiving something from him. Yeah. So think about what Jesus is getting at. I washed your feet. You received from me. Only I can wash your feet. Now you're not greater than the master. You need to go do it too. Oh no, no! I just received. I only receive the gift from my master. Yeah, I'm, I don't I'm ever. In it.
0: That's basically like saying I'm in it for me. I'm
1: in it for me. And you know, and, and that's why he, he, he. That's why he's like he's you know he's giving them context. He's going. Yeah. Do you understand what I did? Okay, here's what it is. I'm the, I'm your master and your teacher. You call me that. You get it? You call me that. You call me master and teacher. So many people in the church, they call Jesus Lord. Oh, Lord, we love you. Oh, Lord, we pray to you. But then if Jesus comes along to you and says, do that thing, forgive them. You have to, you're commanded to, both because you decided to follow me and because that's what it looks like to be me in the world and and that's better for your relationships and that that's what it is people get this weird thing in their head of well I don't have to do anything god still loves me yeah and 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 it's like okay no uh you're wrong what you're thinking about is wrong yes god always loves you it's just like a dad he loves you. You're in the family. You've been adopted. But I am not always pleased with the behavior of my kids. I am not always in right relationship with them because of things they will do. Yeah. So it's like it's just it's just an interesting thing, you know, don't sign up. Don't sign up for it if you don't want to follow the commands of Jesus. Because the commands of Jesus are are not just there to, uh, I'm, that's what I'm going to get in this weekend but.
0: well you're not really signed up for it even if you think it's like signing up to run a marathon yeah. and then you're sitting on your couch yeah.
1: when it starts I want the medal like I want the medal I want the shirt I yeah. want to go I, I'm, 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 I'm signed up for the marathon it's like so what? yeah what did you, you didn't sign up so that you could just get a certificate that said you signed up for the marathon. You signed up so that you could run the marathon. Yeah, and and that's and the, so the Christian life, you know, is is the living water flows in you to flow from within you, and that is in the the you know the sense the good works and it's a command and it's a model and we don't have a choice. And that's what people don't like that. They think, oh, I don't have to do anything to earn God's love. No, you don't have to do anything to earn God's love. You can't do anything to earn God's love. God loved you while you were a sinner and an enemy and spat in his face. Like God loves you. That's who he is. So when you receive the love of God, what, what the Bible teaches is that you move from something else that's powerful in the world being your master, sin, specifically you name it, pride, greed, sex, power. Money. Money. To you now are my master. You're not going from no master to I can do whatever I want. You're leaving the master that kills you to follow the one who will bring you life because he will bring you life. But in no way is there ever a just jump on and 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 you you know you're good yeah just jump in and everything's fine that's all it takes is for you to accept Christ and then that's what being a disciple of Jesus is that you say a prayer no a disciple of Jesus is that you made him lord and master of your life now people theologically they get into this they get they get messed up lordship salvation and and all that stuff it's not it's not you're not proving that you are a Christian by doing your good works, you are doing your good works because you want to.
0: Yeah. You can't help
1: but not you do want them. to because you that's why you did it. So I said I met with someone this week and said it again. Good works are not the proof of salvation. They're the point. That's why you got saved so that you could become what Jesus came to make you become transformed into the likeness of him, which is the way you were designed to be. So anyway, um, made for it, known for it, you know, the, his whole plan, that's the whole deal. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then of course, in, in these passages, he's like, I, I'm going to help you, you know, like, I'm not just going to like, send you out alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Like, I, I'm helping you. Like, I will give you the spirit. He'll remind you, I'm giving you the church, all this stuff. So
0: Something interesting about that, as Jesus said, "I'll ask the Father." Yeah, is that was that like an audible? Was he like
1: maybe they need a
0: little more?
1: That, that the language there, "I'll ask the Father," and how, or, you know, and He will send to you another, the Helper. I don't, I don't know that that is anything more than him conveying to the disciples the nature of a real relationship. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that it has anything to do with necessarily authority. Yeah. It's like the plan. It's almost like and when the timing comes, I'll say, God, will you send him now yeah. and that type of thing as opposed to a a commentary on, you know, I'm second fiddle, but I'll ask. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned this overarching theological theme that the only way we can want God is if He makes us want Him. Yeah, um, I think it would be helpful to add some context to that because I could see where some might think, "Well, if that's the case, I don't really need to go out and tell people about Jesus." Yeah, because yeah, it's,
1: sure. It's up to Him, anyways. Yeah. Well, so you know what you're what you're getting at with the 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 heart for God is um, revelation. Yeah. Okay. So. So revelation, the book of revelation, people think is, you know, about the revealing of the end times, the book of revelation, the, the word revelation just means vision. And so having a re, having a revelation, it's the vision of, of Jesus. What, what, what has to happen is your eyes have to be opened. The scales have to fall so that you see it and you know, that happens through the mechanism of the Word of God, and so, like uh, Paul says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so, people need to hear the Word of God, and that doesn't mean that a person is the one responsible yeah. for the for the full exchange and the actual implant of the spirit in their life or their s- scales. It's we're responsible to share the word of God and the word of God will do what only it can do the way that God wants it to be done. So a little bit of it is, is, is the role, yeah. you know, the church, part of what I'm going to get at this weekend is that we, as the church, the whole model, I gave you an example of, this is the way that God's going to impact the world from here on, right? It's like, I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to give you the spirit. And then you're going to go love one another. And that's how the love of God will be made complete when we all love one another. So the, 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 there, there's a, there's a, there's a balance of roles, you know, Jesus hands the role. He says, you go and preach the kingdom. You tell people that Jesus is resurrected. You tell people that he is the emperor of the cosmos. You worship him. You lead people to know him. Tell Jews and Greeks and Sumerians and Romans and Spaniards and tell them all, right? And like, then Paul talks about the nature of, you know, the role it's like some people till the ground some people water it some people plant the seed but only god can make it grow yeah you know and so there's this peace that only god can do but what's wonderful is that he's entrusted to us a massive part of what leads to that moment and of course god can always step outside and do some extra special thing and and, and there are times when I believe even the creation can, you know, prompt and move somebody's heart. Yeah. Just, just what what we see. But uh, um, so, so, yeah, there's a, there is a part of, of being a, a follower of Christ is obeying his commands. So uh, one of his commands is go and share the good news. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So he certainly couldn't be saying, well, this has nothing to do with you guys. By saying that only, you know, only hearts can be opened in in the book of John earlier, it says, you know, no one is, comes to the father unless he's drawn. All right. So how's, you know, this drawn thing, you know, he's saying that's going to happen. God's going to draw people. So he wouldn't then go on and say, it doesn't matter if you do it, do what you do, because I'm just going to draw people in these kind of weird ways. Yeah. It, they work together. That's good. They work together.
0: Are we capable of starting our own heart change, or is that something that can only begin when we start to um, pursue knowing and wanting to be more like Jesus?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I think that, you know, in a sense, it, it is left to us to start the pursuit, yeah, you know. Um, uh, there there are passages uh, I think where, you know, where Jesus talks about, um, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened. So, you know, you're going to go on a journey of searching and longing and wanting and trying to figure out and and whatever that might be, you know, you might just be an intellectual and you might kind of wonder how this whole thing is set up and you might start asking questions and then you go down the road of, of discovery, or you might, uh, you know, you might have crisis in your life, you know, and then the crisis, you know, reveals something new and and you, you know, what's the answer to that? And so yeah. you move towards answers and towards solutions and towards love and help and whatever it is you need. And so um, I would say that, you know, again, the, the word of God can reveal something to you about yourself. Oh man, I'm in desperate need. Oh man, you know, is it the book of James, you know, talks about you know, basically, if you've sinned one time, you're guilty of it all. It's yeah. just like, when you kind of come to the place where you're in desperate need of God's love and his grace, then there you are. What next? Are you going to pursue God for that? Are you, you know, is that going to become real to you? So I do think that... that. um again it's part of it but again the, the actual skill the thing that happens the the supernatural you know where hebrews talks about the word of god is living and active and powerful and able to divide joint and marrow and basically like it goes into a place that that no one else can go and do what nothing else can do that's all god but in his sovereign design we're real beings and real bodies with real languages living on real places with people and, uh, and 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 somehow God is inside of all of this and it all works together yeah. that way. Um, so I would say that. and then you know, I would also say that once you're in Christ and you do have it, you know you 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 gotta it's like the week two I talked about we leak, you know. We leak. We we we. uh, Paul says that we grieve the spirit. You know, so we do that, and so there's a. Okay, I need to open up my eyes. I need to ask God to continue to work in my heart and change me and move in me and all that stuff. That's not going from death to life, but that's going from you know maybe uh, at times uh, the wayward son, um, uh, whatever. So when he says we grieve. Is that meaning we commit a grievance? No, against? I think it means we we break God's heart.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So you're in relationship. You know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they were talking about guarding their heart. And uh, and how, you know, how do you with family, and they hurt? You know, like like the relationships and the yeah. dynamics, and how do you not get hurt? And one of the things I said is, I was like, you don't not get hurt. You know, like grief, grief is the price you pay for love. Now that's, that's the way it works in human relationships. Like it doesn't mean it can't be better. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it can't be best, but this side of, of the creation, new creation that Jesus has started, there's still so much sin and darkness and disappointment and expectations that aren't met that, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have your heart broke. And sometimes having your heart broke is just part of what it means to live with God and lament and, you know, not have, you know, your soul quenched because that person hurt you. So that's normal in relationships. Well, I think the spirit is going like, you know, with us, it's a one-sided thing. You know, when you don't follow me, I'm faithful to you. I'm there. I'm with you. I love you. I made myself available to you. I dwell in you. You're my son or daughter. I'm here for everything. I forgive you. I am peace with you. I have power for you. All of that is just there, 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 there.
0: It's kind of like when God walked through the sacrifice himself with the the pot and the torch. Yes, in Genesis.
1: Even if you
0: don't hold up your end. You don't hold up your end. And I've,
1: I've held up my end of the bargain. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm covenant, the new covenant, the new promise in you. That That's me. I'm here. But then we turn our backs on God. Yeah. And so, you know, when you are in a covenant relationship, even with a human, and they do something that hurts you, the relationship doesn't end. You know, even like when people go through the nastiest of things, then they just have to live down the street from someone that broke their heart. Yeah and they have to see them at the grocery store every now and again, or when they drop off the kids or whatever it is. And it's just like, it hurts yeah, because it's not that the relationship ends. It changes. Yeah. You know? And so obviously a relationship now can fully be severed and there's no interaction, but generally speaking, it's like, no, the nature of the relationship got changed. And so when, you know, we can be walking with, with the spirit of God and not walking, by the Spirit of God, or listening to the guidance of the Spirit of God, and then grieving, and then it's just like I want to go left, and he's like, "Don't go left," you know. And then you go left, and you do that thing, and he's just like, "Ugh, yeah." It's like, "Oh no, now what?" Yeah. More pain for you, man. I know. I'm not yeah, telling you not tough. to go that way because I'm a a killjoy. I'm telling you that way because that'll kill you. Ugh, and then he's grieved. You know, because of what you're doing to yourself and how it hurts you and how that represents this lack of trust and walk and all that stuff. So, yeah. It's been really good. Yep. I think
0: we're at a good place. All right, man. Uh, once again, thanks for being with us. As always, we'll be here next week to cover part four of Known for It on the Rest.